whatever. They were all different. Wasn't none of them talking about the same thing. But all four of them used the term red lobster biscuits. <laughs> but they used it. Look, I'm serious. They used it as a way to, as like a. a Saying something's good. An adjective, yeah. They're like, I'm telling you, man, that's red lobster biscuits. <laughs> and f- four is not a high number, but four is a high number when you're t- <laughs> when they say red lobster biscuits. Yeah, man. <laughs> Instead of, uh, you know, LOL, it's uh, RLB. 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 That's RLB, baby. Happy Monday, August 31st, last day of August 2020. Meaning me, we are moving closer to the fall, seeing as September is tomorrow. September 1 is like the opening day of being able to live again. Mm-hmm. Kind of been making it through. Happily. Don't get me wrong. Live happily. Don't get me wrong. I have enjoyed this summer. We got to go fishing. We got to go do a lot of stuff. We got some work done. I mean, but at the same time, September 1 does not quit until next june no this is this is the opening to elk deer ducks turkeys squirrels coons whatever you want to go after college football college football if we have that looks like we are but yeah who knows in this crazy world we live in it's a lot of good things i want to know well all right let's do this before we dive into straight up talking speak the language podcast before we get into talking about whatever in the world we're going to talk about, let's talk about things we need to mention to you first. First of that being, Primo's Truth About Hunting on Outdoor Channel. Yes, sir. We rolling. New show still airing, plus everybody's been more excited because now uh, everyone loves the deer episodes, right? We're in the deer, yeah. we're in the deer episodes now. Uh, you can catch those, uh, like again, on Outdoor Channel. Uh, Sundays at 1030 Eastern, Tuesdays at 6 Eastern. Is that no, right? six, six central, seven eastern, seven. six central, seven eastern, six central. And for y'all like me, it took me like twenty years to figure out this whole time zone stuff. If we say eastern and you're in Mississippi, it's an hour before that. Yeah, I'm still getting thrown off because our our uh, our time slot on Sunday changed by an hour. Yeah. So again, if you're used to watching Primo Truth about hunting on Sunday nights, it still comes on Sunday nights, but it does not come on at eight thirty central. 9.30 Eastern anymore. It comes on at 9.30 Central, 10.30 Eastern. Yeah, so I know that's throwing a lot of people off. Cause Shoot it through me off. <laughs> they go to watch it, and uh, there's, there's old Michael Waddell. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, where's Primo's boy? <laughs> My man T-Bone. You got you to gotta wait an hour later. Yeah, um, and so then as well, Primo's YouTube. Um, if, you go to, if you go to YouTube and type in Primo's Hunting, uh, we should be the first set of videos and channel to pop up. We're uploading episodes there every Tuesday morning. Uh, those are being well received, from yeah. from what I can tell. Um, and a- as it is, um, with it being September the first, I imagine uh, as far as Primo's social media goes, like just as far as much as we update stuff, we try to keep it fresh anyway. But it's going to get a lot more fresh with it being hunting season coming along like cage cage free chicken eggs cage fresh, organic fresh, fresh straight out the chicken and into <laughs> your frying pan well <laughs> i really I, I say this this is my goal um or not or a goal for starting out with elk season right is um we we always 
yeah, people like live updates, right? Yeah. I mean, why wouldn't they? And um, we have enough people going to New Mexico this year, and then even when Brad and I peel off and go to Arizona, I want to do, like, as many constant updates on, like, the, the Instagram stories that share to the Facebook stories. Yeah. I want to do that on the Primo's Instagram as much as we can, just because – why not, right? I mean, yeah. we're out there hunting, having a good time. And so uh, that's my goal, something we're going to try to step up our game on, keep y'all kind of in the loop on what's going on in the Elk Mountains. And then when we roll back from that, it'll be sweet, sweet deer season, right? Yeah, I think uh, we get back from elk hunting on the 25th or 6th of September. And, you know, deer season comes in here October 1st. So we got about a four-day layover, and then we get to have some fun again. Straight out the gate. Yeah. Straight out the gate. And now, I got a good problem this year. We don't know where we're going to go hunting. No, we don't. For the first week. got a, I got a good idea Yeah. as far as uh, for that first week of bow season. I got, I see, I went yesterday afternoon and just kind of put some boots on the ground because I really haven't yet. Yeah. Just trying to get an idea. <laughs> and I, I found some things that I thought were exciting. Yeah. Uh, need to get some more trail cameras out just because, again, I mean, like, you forget what it's like when we were hunting cottonmouth so much you kind of just you didn't know but you had a good idea where you needed to start like you're talking about coming out the gate that first week of bow season you're like well this is a good spot yeah. to start out at whereas like here we really don't know well yeah well, i mean like this year with me and you we've got the zoo to hunt on the weekends and yeah like we uh i'm i'm fired up about that because we hunted out there last year and saw a pile of deer early season and it's should be that good this year again too i didn't know if i was gonna tell people about that but yeah you're right i mean that's that's where i'm planning on being opening week of bow season dice zoo <laughs> yeah it be, that place is uh pretty incredible um so not to like pull out any sour grapes or rub salt in a fresh wound but we did have somebody uh somebody inboxed me and they were like man you ever thought about doing a podcast just like straight up on dove season yeah. And I was like, yeah, we could do that, but I don't know if Jordan will want to talk about it. I think we we did that last year. We talked about, you know, our redneck way of prepping fields and stuff. Did we talk about dove fields in yeah, there? Yeah, yeah. Which, I mean, we ain't got We can do it again. Which, I mean, we, I don't think it could eat up a whole episode, but it definitely, <laughs> definitely can talk about it. Um, but let's, like, there's a couple rapid fire questions that we got first. Because, again, when folks send in questions, we always try to cover them. Mm hmm um one question and this is a little i mean they send it in now but it's going to be about november before it anyone breaks out any rifles but someone was asking they said they they were looking on youtube and they saw a video on like what jimmy's favorite deer rifle was or what brad's favorite deer rifle was but they wanted to know what our favorite deer rifle was as far as a caliber goes which i think me and you probably have the same answer on that 50 cal bmg okay we have different answers on that <laughs> 338 Lapua. Oh, uh, well, you're you're shooting a 6.5 this year, right? Some. It'd be hard to pull me away from my 308, but uh, I'm yeah. definitely I'm gonna shoot it some. I got you. Yeah, I mean, I've been I shot a 270 growing up. From I bought uh, bought that gun at Walmart for like 275 dollars when I was like 15 years old yeah. or 14. Yeah. And, uh, man, I killed a pile of deer with that gun. And uh, once I started doing this and learned, learned more about uh, about more 
about the calibers and stuff and listening to Jimmy talk because uh, Jimmy, like, uh, most people know this, but a lot of people don't know how in-depth he can get with rifles. Way in-depth. Dude is, like, like Levi Morgan, when it comes to bows, you listen to what he says. If he's talking about how to tune bows and all anything to do with bows, you listen to him. When Jimmy Primo starts talking about deer rifles, you listen to him. Yeah, he knows. And uh, listening to him talk, you know, he'll he'll tell you the same thing. His favorite, you know, deer rifles are either a three oh eight or a seven mag. Yeah. And uh, just something about that thirty caliber bullet, they just it, you can kill elk with that gun too on a 308. Yeah, I mean, you it's, can. it's in my opinion the most versatile gun that you can buy one of them and hunt anything you want. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure it would kill a moose too, you know. But I don't. I, I don't, don't know. know. Yeah, I don't know. But <laughs> I've never done that. But as far as what we do, man, 308, it'd be hard to take that out of my hands. That's what I've I've been shooting that for the past four deer seasons. Yeah, or five maybe. Mm-hmm. 308 usually with a 165 grain bullet yep is, no, no. that's that's a big thing too a lot of people don't think about is your your ammunition dude when i you were talking about buying a, going to walmart and buying a 270 yeah so first gun i ever shot a deer at was a 3030 yeah me you too know, that's, that was my first deer rifle lever action you know but that was all like when I was really young, I didn't have to worry about anything. Like when it became deer hunting time, Dad said, "Here's your gun," and he already had the, the you know the bullets and everything. I didn't have to think about anything. Then I got a uh, shot thirty out six some, shot a two seventy some, and when I would run to Walmart or to Vans and Brandon or wherever to get what you know if I needed ammo. I would just turn down the ammo aisle and look for a box that said thirty out six on it. Yeah. I, for, I would. I didn't pay attention to grain or ballistic tip. You know, none of that. Yeah. I just saw my gun will shoot that and I'd grab it. So I uh, I know what you're talking about, and I learned that the hard way because every year, like me and my dad, we'll shoot our rifles. We we were good enough to shoot our rifles. Right. Like we knew enough about it. We need to sight them in every year, whatever. And um, with my two seventy, it was a cheap, cheap gun, and just not. I mean, it killed a lot of deer with it. Don't don't get me wrong, but that sucker, it was very, very ammunition particular. Yeah. And uh, I found that out when we were sighting in one year. You know, I'd been, I sighted it in with, I think it was uh, some type of ballistic tip or something the year before. And uh, the next year, I think I I may have bought some core locks or something and uh, went to shoot it and like, I was spraying a shotgun pattern with it, mm-hmm. and it was every bit to do with those those bullets. And I ended up going to Walmart and I bought some. Uh, I, I think it was Federal something or other, but uh, finally found a bullet. Yeah, it was Federal Fusions. That's what it, it was the first year they came out with those. I yeah. bought those. A pretty popular load. And uh, man, I I shot that gun with those bullets, and uh, I mean, man, it's made all the difference in the world. That gun went from shooting a six-inch group at 200 yards to shooting, you know, a two-inch group. Yeah. And that's, it's crazy to think the ammunition does that. Well, I mean, it's it wouldn't it's not as drastic as this, but, I mean, you wouldn't just have a bow and then just grab whatever arrows, not pay attention to the spine. That You know, the, I mean, you wouldn't just go, my bow will shoot this arrow and not ever well, it's like take buying, it to the range and see. It's you like know? getting arrows, you know, that are 300 grains different. Yeah. I mean, it makes a difference. Yeah. makes a big difference. Especially when you start taking those longer shots. Um, yeah. I've got a story talking about talking about uh, shooting your gun because a lot of people don't do that. 
I've been guilty of it before. You're like, that's still on, you know. Mm-hmm. I remember, I we must have been young, 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 because this just went like I like I was not allowed to hunt by myself yet, so I was probably like 14. Just kidding, but uh, I was sitting with my pop, and my brother, my older brother, was hunting same property, but he was you know a good ways away from us, and this is before uh, iPhones or anything like that. We had walkie talkies, yeah, how we communicated. And we knew where Brett was. Brett knew where we were. And me and Dad are sitting there. We hear, and Dad's like, awesome. Brett got one. A few seconds go by. I bet bet you didn't know at that time you could hear impact either. No. You're just hearing gunshots. You're just hearing gunshots. And uh, Dad, after the third shot, I think it was, Dad gets on the walkie. I was like, Brett, Brett, what's going on? You know. Brett comes in. He's like, "This doe's out here. I've been shot three times. She ain't even left. She's just looking up. <laughs> She's just looking up in the air." And uh, Dad's like, what, "What? What are you doing?" He's like, "I don't know. The crosshairs are on her." And he's like, "Well, the scope must be off." And I think he ch- fired one more shot and tried to like look down the barrel. And he shot, you know, he shot the ground and deer jumped up and run off. And he didn't get the deer. <laughs> and this is the same like. 30 out six same 30 out six that i shot it was my granddaddy's i mean it, it had been i don't think that gun had been touched since daddy dole shot it so we get back to the house and dad goes out there and gets like a wooden stake and a white pie plate and hammers it into the ground gets the 30 out six shoots at the pie plate and there's not even any impact yeah and then i can't i can't remember i think he may have gotten like a cardboard box something that was just a bigger target and we figured the the gun was shooting like something stupid. It was shooting like two feet high and eight inches to the right. <laughs> and he went to take the adjust. He went to like take the cap off to adjust it, and the whole adjustment thing just fell down, <laughs> fell off, and hit the ground. Oh man! So we went to Walmart and grabbed a Tasco and bolted that thing on. You know that that those days. I remember stuff like that with my dad all the time. Like you you know how he rolls, and there's mm-hmm. always something interesting going on. But like uh. That brings, like, those days doing that just brings back good memories. I mean, oh, yeah. even though it was some crap going on, somebody didn't get a deer or something, but it was, it was so much, looking back on it now, it was so much fun. Oh, yeah. Which at that time, like, poor Brett. Brett didn't even know what to think because I think he'd killed, like I said, we were young. Yeah. So I think he'd killed, like, three or four deer at the time, and he had a pretty high success rate. I think he had a 100% success rate up until then. <laughs> so he didn't know what it was like to pull the trigger and the deer not, you know, be dead. And then that him, he shoots three times, and the doe's just out there sniffing the air. Like, what was that loud noise? <laughs> oh, man. I shot at a buck one time. Uh, it was me and my college roommate, Nathan. We were hunting on our back 40 over there. It was a, I used to always park at the road, and you'd walk back over this hill, and there was some clover and stuff that naturally came up in the mm-hmm. wintertime. And, uh, man, you can, you can just about count on it. You go back there and knock your dough down any day of the week. Yeah. Well, he was coming and walking back out. We had somewhere to be that night and uh, come out early. And there was this buck standing up on the hill. He was like 200 yards. So I propped up on a tree. And I think I shot at that deer like seven or eight times. He never moved. <laughs> I emptied the clip and plus put some more in it and kept on shooting at him. And uh, yeah. I still don't know what was wrong. But I think it was my ammunition deal, like what I backed up to. Yeah. There was I've had several instances like that. I can remember sitting. There was like one time there was like a uh, it was like a field. The whole field was planted in sweet potatoes, 
And obviously, you know, when the field's planted in sweet potatoes, it's like a planted cornfield, you know, deer out there. And me and dad sat on the edge of it in some tall grass in metal folding chairs, <laughs> just waiting. Yeah. And like right when we were about to, and I was like itty bitty. I mean, and I was like finicky. I got I done got cold. I wanted to go home. And we stand up to leave. And when I when I stand up to leave, there's a doe, like forty yards away where I couldn't see, just looking at me. And I was like, Dad, there's a deer, right there. And I think I can't. I'm pretty sure I missed that deer. Pretty positive. I think that was my first like miss. There were several more to come after in the following years, but that was the first time I tried. Because I tried to, I mean, like, the deer was very aware that we were there. Yeah. And I think she tried to bolt when I tried to pull my gun up, and then, I, you know, it just didn't work out. But, you know, stuff like that that Shoot. happened way back when. Back when I first started hunting, man, I probably missed just as many as I killed. Mm. I wasn't afraid to shoot at them, though, boy. I, I was slinging some lead at them. Hmm. Yeah. I remember those days. There was a... Um, what else did someone ask a question about? We we started on no, that was about hunting rifles, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, they asked about what my my all right, so just flat out answer. Mine's gonna be a three oh eight, would be my favorite. Yeah. Uh I'm gonna shoot a six five some this year for sure, just to see what all the all the craze is about. That's what Brad's been shooting lately. Yeah. And had good success the, with it. The six five I've came to learn it's very like if you're deer hunting with it, you need to really pay attention to your ammo. Yeah. And where you shoot. Because that's a, I mean, that, a lot of people use that for a, a long range target rifle, so don't buy target loads. Buy a deer hunting load yeah. for it. Because you've heard horror stories, you know, somebody shooting them in the shoulder and not being able to find them, and you don't yeah. want to do Just that. Just make sure you pay attention to the ammunition you buy if you got a 6.5 Creedmoor. Yeah. That's a dang good gun. Yeah. Very accurate gun, but you need to make sure you got a good load for knock down a big buck. Ain't no doubt. Um, One more thing. I think, and I mentioned, I think I mentioned this to you earlier when we weren't recording. I think somewhere, no, it, it would have been that embarrassment episode that we did. I think me and you may have started a trend. And, oh. and I tell you why that is. I had, over the past, since that episode, between then and now, I have had four different people message me about different subjects. They'd be talking about deer or bows or whatever. They were all different. Wasn't none of them talking about the same thing. But all four of them used the term red lobster biscuits. <laughs> but they used it. Look, I'm serious. They used it as a way to, as like a. a Saying something's good. An adjective, yeah. How to, how to quantify something good is. Like someone said, all I'm, they're like, I'm telling you, man. That's Red Lobster Biscuits. <laughs> and f four is not a high number, but four is a high number when you when they say Red Lobster Biscuits. Yeah, man. <laughs> I mean, when it's good, it's good, you know? I just couldn't believe. I was like, the first person that sent that, I was like, man, that's funny. But then the three more followed afterwards. I was like, is this a term now? <laughs> I don't know. Well, uh, man, when you, when you put in all that work in the preseason and Opening day of both season, when you got that bucket twenty yards, that's red lobster biscuits right there. Instead of uh, you know, <laughs> LOL, it's uh, RLB. 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 That's RLB, baby. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, Opening day man. of dove season comes on, and the field gets so filled up with doves that you can't keep your gun loaded. That's RLB. <laughs> that's funny. That's keep RLB. it going. Keep it going. RLB, baby. Uh, 
So about, I mean, we could talk about Duff Field. Jordan won't know anything about it this year. Mm. That's why, still, why you keep putting salt on the wound, man? Because it's funny. It's uncontrollable circumstances for me. So that's still happening, right? Like you're not coming dove hunting. No. Okay. Unless y'all wait and shoot on Monday. I mean, that's what good friends would do. Because I'll be back Sunday, but I mean, I can't ask you. I to do can that. tell you. It, do you want to know what would happen if the roles were reversed? If I was had to couldn't come and you were going down there with Perry? Oh, I would shoot the ever living mess out okay, of. Okay then. So don't give me that. That's what a good friend <laughs> would do. They ain't no like. Well, you'd be sitting now. Don't give me that mess. Uh, ain't no way. I hate it, but golly, it's uh, it's been something. I think I have not missed opening day of dove season in crap, man. I I can't remember. You know, I've been doing it since I think I could walk. So mm -hmm. this would probably be the... See, I started walking when I was about six. And uh, <laughs> this would be about the... What you know, was you doing from age one to five? Uh, Crawling and log rolling? I was riding three-wheeler. Yeah. But uh, I, I, I'm 30 years old, so I hadn't missed one in probably 28 years. The only one I can think of that I missed is when I moved to Iowa for Midwest Whitetail because yeah. I moved up there in August. That's the only one I can think of that I missed. I mean, crap, we've been doing this uh, annual dove hunt with you and Perry and all our buddies. You know, Perry makes us a field every year, and, you know, we've been doing this for five years, four years. Crap, I mean, I mean. Well, y'all are doing it before me. Yeah, I mean, we've been doing it for at least probably ten. Yeah. So it's a tradition that's very 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 enjoyable every year that i look forward to and i'm not getting to go that's why it's become one of my favorite weeks because I, I i talk to people especially when like when i was up there in iowa okay mm -hmm. and i was talking about i brought up to the aj and lee and war you know that i saw all the time they could i was just just unhappy that i was missing dove season and they just couldn't figure out why it was that much of a big deal to me and yeah. i was i figured out he's got experience to know what it means dove season in the pretty much in the southeast is different because mm -hmm. it's like a whole weekend you know i mean like you know the deal if you weren't going with your family to do whatever you're doing we go to perry's on friday we have a big cookout we hang out we sleep we wake up the next morning we shoot doves yeah and I mean, we usually we come in and we watch college football that's usually the the, the cadence yep you know so i hate i ain't gonna get to do it my maybe uh maybe i'll make it somewhere monday i don't know all i know is i got two cases of shells that have been sitting in my closet for a year and they're, they're feeling feeling very unloved yeah I and my dog poor delta man delta that is absolutely Oops. cut you it, it is time to wake up it's time to wake up Delta man, it's she love like likes to duck hunt, and she loves trailing deer, and she freaking mesmerizes over dove hunting. Yeah, she, she lo that's her freaking thing. She loves dove hunting. Yeah, the first year that uh, I had Knox when I took him out there, um, it was that morning we were at Perry's, and first I think it was the first dove I shot that morning it was like the perfect dove for four <laughs> month for four month old Knox to retrieve because like I shoot him the shoot the dove close and he falls like 20 15 20 yards from me I mean so I mean and I could see little Knox just looking at it and I'm like yes this is it Knox and his little legs go to scampering towards that dove doves flopping around in the dirt so he knows right where it is and i'm just sitting there watching anticipating like this is going to be awesome then out from the sideline here comes delta Voom. like a bolt of lightning scoops him up 
just ruins that party. I I don't know if I ever told you, but I did that on purpose. I you didn't have to tell me. I already knew. <laughs> I already knew. Yeah. Yeah. No, that wasn't cool. I had to like Jordan. Control your dog, man. <laughs> I'm sorry. She got away. No, he was over there. Delta. Delta. <laughs> it's gonna be different without you being there. Ain't no doubt. Yeah. All right. So okay, we can ramble on dove season for a while. Um, let's talk about what we did last week. People are asking, especially more when like, when y'all going to talk about deer stuff, deer prep stuff, you know, what's going on with just getting ready for deer season. Here, hang on. I got a lung coming up. <coughs> All right, I'm good. COVID. COVID. Um, so last week, we honestly didn't start as early as I would have liked to, but we did start working last week. Yeah, I think I worked more on that daggone bush hog than I did actually doing anything with it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but, uh, you know. But you started bush hogging about a month ago, just whenever you could. Mm-hmm. We've had so much rain just off and on every few days, just enough where you can't really do anything. Yeah. I mean, it's not uh, not super wet, but uh, just makes the roads and stuff wet, wet enough where you don't want to drive down them and tear them all up. Especially with a tractor. Yeah, that's what. Rut it all up. So, uh, man, we started bush hogging last week trying to prepare for, you know, season. We, uh... You know, we normally at Cottonmouth try to be planting, you know, this week and next week every year. But with this year, we're just uh, taking it a little precautious, and we don't know what to really expect. So we're going to put in our fall plots after elk season. Mm-hmm. So we'll be uh, putting in that, that four-day window I was talking about, you know, after we get back from New Mexico, and we'll be uh, breaking ground and putting out seed that week. So Yeah. It's uh, going to be a little different than normal. We ain't going to have the bow plots to hunt over like we do every year, but the good thing is this year we've got acorn trees and mass crops. So, yeah. I mean, uh, food plots may not have done as well as they did at Cottonmouth as far as pulling in deer early season either. I wouldn't – I thought about that, you know, because mm-hmm. mass – other than pecan trees, but those weren't usually re- as that's readily a, available. That's a November. Yeah, deal. so come October when we had them bow plots up, that's why they were always doing so well. Yeah. Whereas like here – like you like you mentioned acorn trees are not a limited factor yeah and you gotta i mean all the kudzu and natural rubber browse out there i mean deer are still very much on a somewhat of a summer pattern you know the first couple of weeks here during october mm-hmm. i mean they're changing up by the day no doubt um, but uh that first week or so they're you know they're pretty much doing the same thing they did all summer yeah I mean, it changes depends on where you're at and what the food source available is but if they still got real green brows that's they're still on that heavily heavily big, big big time yeah and i've got to think especially too with as much as that is available deer probably not gonna be moving a whole whole lot especially if it's still hot you never know i mean you just you just don't know it depends on how far they have to go from their bedroom to fill their belly and get some water you know just an educated guess yeah you just that's, that's all we got to do is go off a of guess that's where, like, uh, like I said yesterday, when I was kind of just putting some boots on the ground, looking around, mm-hmm. I was just thinking, I was like, I haven't had to do this in a while. Yeah. I mean, because I was walking in a place that I had never been before, just trying to get an idea, spot some deer sign, trying to see what the deer were doing. Well, I mean, like, the deal with Cottonmouth, we kind of knew what areas to go in that we wouldn't hurt anything. Yeah. And knew what areas you don't go in. Yeah. And with here, we have no idea. Yeah. So, so it's figuring it out. Yeah. I ain't and I, the the trial and error, like I found some spots that I some spots I think might be good, which here is a good indicator. I found a spot 
had a, had a really good trail going through it and i started walking it up and just following and seeing trying to figure out what they were doing and my mind went you know this is probably a pretty decent spot to hang a stand and you know just see what's going on i and i was just over there looking around and there was a really 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 old tree stand already up right there, there. You go. and i went that's probably a good sign that's a telltale most of the time yeah because it looked like it had been there for a minute. And then again, I have uh, come to find out when you hang a stand next to one of them old stands and uh, you realize why that stand was never done anything with because yeah. it, it didn't produce. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They may have never gone in there and been like, eh. Why they left it? Because they forgot about it because they never went there. Because they never went in there. Yep. It could go either way. Yep. Definitely could. But it's usually a good sign. Yeah. What it was, and like it, this is, again, stuff we never dealt with with Cottonmouth, which is why I went kind of scouting around yesterday just because i wanted to have somewhat of an idea when the season actually opens right mm. you don't want to be sitting there going oh i don't know where to go but uh we didn't have any steep creek bottoms yeah you know and i was wa- i was walking in the creek bottom and this trail come out of there and went up a ridge and ac- an actual ridge not a cottonmouth ridge and the ridge started out fairly wide and then neck down really really tight mm-hmm. and when that ridge neck down tight it was pretty steep on both sides and that trail was just powered through there nice and i was like that looks pretty good i hope you marked that on onyx i absolutely marked it on onyx you better have i did since we share an account that way i can see where it is that's where i put it there <laughs> but it's yeah it was uh is a good i mean and so stuff you won't find and if you don't get out there and look around a little bit you know yeah and which now is kind of the time of year to be doing it. You don't want to be just bailing through the woods when the season's in. Man, what did we do before we had these apps to be able to mark spots? I don't know. I really I, don't. I was thinking about that the other day because I was uh, mapping some stuff at the zoo where we're going to put in a food plot. And mm-hmm. uh, like, I was like, what did we do when we had to – I mean – this is not like it's uh, an old deal, you know. Six years ago, we didn't have this stuff. Mm-mm. And, uh, you know, I mean, there was a few different apps and stuff available where you could, you know, map in properties and this kind of stuff. But, golly, it's gotten so useful. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I was thinking about that yesterday, you know, because if, if there was a time where maybe you're going to be down there and I'm not, and, yeah. I'm, and if I wanted you to be like, hey, go check out that spot and see what you think. I think it looks good. I would either, one, try to give you a detailed directions of how i got there or yeah. two if i had some flagging tape on me i would put a flag up you know and i could get you to a general spot and then you could follow the flags where i was yeah i mean it's uh it's definitely made it user friendly for if you're in a camp or something like that you know you can have an account just for the uh just for the camp and mm-hmm. you know when people mark spots if you if you're in a camp that shares locations with each other yeah. tries to do this as a team mm-hmm. you know it's, so, it's such a useful tool mm-hmm uh, I was just thinking about that the other day. Golly, well, I thought about it literally yesterday because I was like, I, the other, I wanted, I wanted you and probably Brad, everybody, you know, see that spot, see what they thought because I got fired up about it. Yeah, man, you know? it's uh, pretty incredible. So, um, yeah, and and it was a uh, no more than just I didn't have to flag or leave anything. I just dropped a pin and then I marked my trail out, which yeah. I, I don't, I don't think the the trail the way it is right now is the easiest way to get to it. But I'm not so, I'm not certain that's the best way to get through it to it as far as hunting yeah you know yeah. what i mean got you that i don't know yet and you know what i did uh about a month ago talking about onyx is uh 
like when we were riding that new place i put on that track and when i was in the buggy i tracked every road i went yeah. down so that uh takes out a lot of guesswork when you're putting in roads on the map yeah. you know oh absolutely because I, I i did that i i did kind of a, a modified version of that the other day uh-huh so you know that bow plot you put in yeah so look let me frame this up so the people are listening to us we're maybe talking in code to some people so i was riding in i had to drive into town to get a pen because jordan done tore up the bush hog and i was coming back when jordan come when jordan took out he said hey i put an awesome bow plot in um why don't you go check it out i'm like all right so i drive down in there and i look and i'm like yeah this is awesome and i pulled up on x you you didn't have it marked yet yeah and not everyone has to do this this is probably for extreme detail but i didn't want to just kind of guess the shape of the plot when i mapped it in so i walked the full perimeter and left a track on it i'm so proud of you and then what i did instead of just leaving a track because i wanted them to all look uniform yeah but then i had that track as the shape to go off of then i went and drew my lines over it i am so the so the plot on the onyx is identical you know what i mean proud of you thanks dad I'm finally learning you something. Well, I'd come up with that on my own. <laughs> Boy. You know how OCD I am on these food plots. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I mean, it works because when you put it, so like some places, if if the plot's been there for a while, it'll show on the on the aerial photo, right? Yeah. Well, this one was new. Yeah, so you on, can't see nothing but trees. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously, you put it in there an hour before, so it's not going to be on your own X, you know, not laid out like that, so you... I went, so now it's too, you know, as as accurate as that tracker can be. It's the shape of that food plot. Man, that's good. That's going to be it's definitely a useful tool. Yeah. It's coming along, though, man. Um, like I said, it, it didn't even, it hit me yesterday, and I was like, dust season next week. It's this weekend, yeah. yeah. This weekend, and then right into that, we leave. We leave for elk next Wednesday. Wednesday, I think the tenth. Whenever the tenth is, we're hitting the road. Jimmy was in here a while ago, talking about what time we need to leave to be able to go to his barbecue joint. Mm. <laughs> mm. Those summers get shorter every year. I feel like. Yeah, man, it's been uh, a lot of people can relate to what you know. This summer's been totally different than every other summer that I've experienced. Just with everything you have to do to be out in public, and you know the restrictions on everything, and yeah. like uh, you know, we couldn't go do the normal stuff we do because uh, you know, we've been a lot of people don't realize exactly what we do when we're in the office but me and you and troy and slade we're all behind computers every day editing yeah. and putting together videos and shooting videos and like uh something different that we had to do this year was we uh put together a virtual sales show yeah and who i mean even last year who would ever thought you'd be doing that you know the, the, i thought about it the other day because I, I stopped at a gas station and the thought here's the process that went through my mind i was like man within a matter of months not a year a couple months we went from thinking we got to wear a mask to you pull up to a spot you're like oh man do i have my mask on me to where it's like now like when i got in the car when i got in my truck this morning i was like all right i got my mask it's sitting yeah. there on the i mean like now it's just like it's just become a thing like yeah. you make sure you got your mask because if you're going to go in somewhere you got to have that thing on yeah it's been a wild wild year yeah it has i hope uh i hope and pray man this this deal's coming to a, an end sometime soon you know mm -hmm. it's been so detrimental to 
a lot of people. I hate it. I pray, you know, I know the good Lord's got it under control. And, you know, we may not know exactly what he's doing with this, but he's mm-hmm. got to have faith that he's uh, he knows what's up. You know, he knew it was happening before it ever did. That will come out the other side. Yep. Lord willing, get back to a normal life. But um, I think that's about all we can cover for today, we think. Man, we uh, we hit a lot of bases. We uh, definitely need to hit home what our plans are in New Mexico next week. Yeah. So that'll yeah. be the plan next Monday. Y'all uh, will have one out talking about elk hunting. That'd be it. That'd be it. So, guys, I hope you enjoyed the conversation. As always, if you couldn't tell from this episode, we're into answer, answering y'all's questions. We don't always get to them like super quick i would like to but that's just isn't always the case but please don't hesitate to send them in we will answer them we will get to them uh you can hit uh the primo's instagram you can hit jordan or myself's personal instagram does not matter uh just don't hesitate to send them in and that's all we got for this week as always thank you for listening to the speak the language podcast